0: Welcome back to the Learn By Doing podcast. I'm Christian, and we're so excited to continue this conversation on personal growth. We have Pastor Colby here with us. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man.
0: Good. So in our last episode, we started the conversation on personal growth, and there's it's so big of a topic. There's yeah. so many different ways people think about it. There's so many different helpful things out there. One of the things we talked about, the biggest thing probably is our spiritual growth our spiritual health, and our connection to the source. You know, we talked about what we seek first guides our entire lives and everything else will stem and flow from that, Yeah. right? You were very vulnerable with some of the struggles that you had with spiritual growth and spiritual health and how legalism, the need and the feel to perform for God and and others, and that for a while in your head was spiritual growth. Yeah. Transferring from the spiritual growth conversation, how does this connect to physical growth?
1: Yeah, I think that's... Man, it's a great segue into talking about topics that necessarily aren't so spiritual. And, man, the way that I think the picture that I often refer to whenever I'm thinking about these two realms and thinking about how heaven and the spiritual realm actually affects or plays a part in the physical yeah. realm. And it's kind of freaky and kind of scary to even think about that. Like there are other forces that are— We can't see. —that we cannot <laughs> see that are interacting— very much and so. influencing our lives. Very much so. A lot of people, including myself that we've talked that I've talked to, it's a bit, you're, you you do not want to believe that. Like and, and some people take it to the extreme too, you know, like Satan I, is responsible for everything oh, bad. I had a flat tire today. The, the devil's they, just out to get me. The devil is out to get me, you know, Someone or pulled
0: into my park or I found a parking spot.
1: God <laughs> is looking out for me. You know, it's like yeah uh, we we take it to the extremes there which you know there's yeah, always an argument for anything
0: Sure you may be
1: having a terrible day Yeah and god and the, god, the yes. last thing that could
0: have pushed you over the <laughs> edge is this person who I dislike very much. Yeah. Just stole my parking. You know, and sure, maybe the Lord gives yeah. you a parking spot. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> for the most yeah, part though. Yeah, but it's just it's so I mean, because we can't really see anything and because it's really really hard for us to understand that, and Jesus really kind of comes and embodies this example of being in the physical but also being aware of what's going on spiritual, and he's the perfect embodiment of that. The picture that I often kind of refer to or look at is the temple of God in the Old Testament all the way <laughs> into the New Testament. Yeah. You see, the temple of God is this physical construct where the presence of God comes and dwells among man. Yes. Okay? So you have this spiritual... That's how we set it up. Yeah, you have this the spiritual influence being that is interacting with with the physical now there are a bunch of rules and things that have to take place in order for the spiritual almighty god to interact with us humans so that we don't die and Mm -hmm. so that things you know we don't you know perish holiness all this other kind of stuff that we probably again we could have 50 conversations about that but the point is is that the temple of god is the example of the spiritual realm and the physical realm connecting heaven on earth yes so Fast forward, if you go and read through the Old Testament, you'll see the temple and all the different ways that it changes, adapts. I mean, it's still kind of the same. And then it gets destroyed, and all you have is Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus comes and reveals himself. He doesn't say it quite frankly, but he is modeling for us what the temple of God should be like. He
0: is the the high priest, the better high priest. He is
1: the better high priest. Connecting heaven and earth. Connecting heaven and earth, but also being an example of being the temple of the Holy Spirit and and embodying the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit comes to earth, and we all possess it and, and have it. But just this idea of, okay, now that the spirit of god lives in me if i pledge my loyalty to god give my life to god his holy spirit indwells in me i am now the temple yeah i am where heaven and earth collide
0: and and maybe a, a a more a very concrete way to think about it god is so evident throughout the bible yeah god chooses to reveal himself multiple times through fire yeah right when adam and eve were cast out of eden yeah flaming sword flaming sword that was god Telling them you have broken our covenant. Yep. I have to protect what is good. Yeah. This is me stopping evil from entering my realm. Yeah. Heaven, because yeah. uh, Eden, the Garden of Eden, was the first temple. It was yeah. heaven on earth, essentially. Yeah. Then you have Moses. Yeah. And the burning bush. Yeah. That was God's presence in the holy place. Yes. God had Moses remove his sandals. Yeah. His uh, Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> Moses, yeah. remove your Jordans. Yeah,
1: Jordan shoes. I, when you said Jordan, I thought you were talking about the Jordan. Riverman. I was like, Christian, what are you talking about, man? Yes. No, the shoes. Yes. Jordans. <laughs> Just remove yes. your sandals. Yeah. Yes.
0: He had Moses remove his sandals. He's standing on holy ground. This yeah. fire is symbolic. Yeah. Holy uh, ground.
1: A key theme. Holy like, ground. Yeah. Heaven ab- ab- on earth.
0: Absolutely. Evil is not allowed. Yeah. This is my holy. This is God's holy
1: Perfect yes. and good presence. So we can even just take it from there. Okay, <laughs> there are so many other examples that we could continue to go on to. Yeah. Do you have another one?
0: We can fast forward. You know, it's in the temple and everything. Fast forward to Pentecost.
1: Yeah. Tongues of fire. Yeah. Are appear
0: all throughout the Bible. The fire has been symbolic on an object. Yes. Uh, on a on a thing in a place. Yeah. You know, he God guided the Israelites with a yeah. pillar of fire. Yeah. Um. But this is the first time we see fire on humans yeah yeah and it is a a holy fire and it is so it's not a coincidence it's not just like a freaky thing Tongues a fire what yeah okay god no, jesus
1: <laughs> said i will baptize
0: you with the holy spirit and with fire and all and my pour out my spirit on all flesh yes. and this is the yeah. pinnacle of god's plan for humanity yes. you know we talked about in the last episode we are the image of god this is our image of god coming into fruition when we allow ourselves to be baptized by the holy spirit yeah And all that God wants for us, we are now heaven on earth.
1: Yes. When you understand that, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, (laughs) and you are the connecting point from from heaven to earth, everywhere that I go, I am bringing heaven to earth. So or, or not, it should be. It's not. Yeah, at least it should be. But it's not this idea that like heaven is going to come down in all its glory and like rest Everything on earth. Everything is destroyed. Yeah. No, boom, I, heaven's I, here. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, th- I mean, the Bible talks about how that will happen one day. But yes. it's not. You know, when we, you know, when Jesus says, "Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven," he's not talking about like God. Please let your angels just come and rest on my property. I mean, yes, we can pray for that. We can see we can. Yeah. I am the one who is saying, Father, let your kingdom come and will be done through me.
0: Let heaven and your righteousness, your kingdom yes.
1: ideals, Yes.
0: let those be true in me.
1: Yes. Let your power flow through me. When, let your love throw, flow through me. Let your grace flow through me. I mean, exactly. I am the vessel the temple that God uses to bring about His glory and His kingdom on earth. I am the physical representation of that. So when you think about the temple, and, and when you think about how we are the temple of God, again, going back to Moses, he says, you're standing on holy ground. Mm-hmm. If I am the temple, I am holy. We must offer up our bodies, yes, holy and pleasing, as living sacrifices. Sacrifice. Yeah, I am holy. I am my my body my image is to be regarded as holy and to be stewarded correctly. I mean, when you think yeah. about the temple and how intricate and how detailed it was, and it was important and for a reason. Yeah, God I am detailed. Yeah, I I there are, there are parts of my body that have functions and that they function for certain reasons and certain you know my hands yeah. eyes all these different things. You think about the temple and you think about man. There it's so why did God go into such detail? But when you think about the human body and you think about the body of Christ, there is a purpose for every single part of my body. Yeah. There is a role for me in the body of Christ. And there's a detail. It's simple, but it's also complex at the same time. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I'm supposed to steward that, knowing that I don't need to just let my body go to waste. I don't need to bond my body with things that are not of God. Mm-hmm. Like, Because I am the temple. You you are the moving, living temple of God with the Holy Spirit within you, and you are holy ground. And so when it comes to stewarding, not just your body, but the other thing, your marriage, you know, when it comes to doing these other things, it just makes total sense in, in terms of having invading earth and the heavenly realm combining with the earthly realm.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. So that is a detailed explanation of, first off, why it's important. I am carrying the physical presence of heaven, yeah. of our holy, creating God yes. in me.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, just thinking about that, it's crazy. And yeah. in, in talking about the physical and spiritual realms, we we have to address the the topic of like a partnership. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just me um, making things happen. It's yep. me and God yes. alongside of one another. You know, God is leading just like in the desert with the Israelites. He is leading by the cloud and by the pillar of fire i'm following and i'm participating in this journey that we're we're on together you know it's symbolic physical and spiritual realms combining it's symbolic and it's real but it's also just this idea of i cannot do things without god like i think one of the hardest things for me to sometimes understand is to not get off track and just doing my own thing and just going okay i got to do this today i got to do this today i got to Okay, make this this happen, but I need to go. God, y- y- I'm carrying. Yeah, how do you. you how do you <laughs> want to interact with this? Yeah,
0: you know, a lot of times we we value and we put a lot of importance in maybe our own independency. Yeah, and like. Oh, the world does
1: for sure. Yeah. Like, dude, I, you know, you be an independent woman, be an independent man, dude, make your own thing. Someone you asks can do you anything? to do
0: something. Oh, yeah, I got that. I can do that. Yes. I can do that. I can. No, I don't need help. I'm good. I'm like, good. there's just this,
1: this. this pride that goes, if you can't do it, you're weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can, you're strong. But, the, I mean, the whole God, you know, story is, Yes, I am weak. God, I need you. Yes. You are strong. His
0: His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And that is the beginning divine ideal of humanity. Yeah. And our relationship with God. God created Adam. It was a partnership. They were working together. Yeah. God absolutely. gave Adam his image and the authority to rule over earth with God. Who is man? You would make him yes. a little less than the angels and give him authority. Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why do I, this little... Yeah. Fragile. Fragile bag of bones and, and cells and, and blood and all these things. Why would I be given divine authority over the earth?
1: Yeah, and to carry the presence of God. Yeah, it it's does, crazy. Yes, it and that's that's
0: who our God is. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the way he's chosen to work and reveal himself yeah. in us. And we talked about the, the the perfect image of community that is the Lord. Yeah. And all that goes to say, like, this is important. It is, it, it relates it's yes. important, and th- there is a reason why physical growth, physical health, and all these other aspects yes. matter.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and so one of the things that I'm learning, again, is that he's not going to do things without a man, a partner, to work the ground. But not only that, so there's not just a partnership between God and man. There's also, God said, it is not good for man to be alone partnership between man and man yes like it's not he literally said so think about this yep god said it is not good for man to be alone god and adam already had a relationship so god was basically implying it's not just good for you and i to have a relationship Mm -hmm. i need you to have relationship with other people yeah and so that's where this concept and of a growth team comes into play when it when we when we're talking about personal growth okay so you have all these different areas so we talked about the spiritual side of things we talked about how important that is and that is the foundation and you can't have anything else grow really without addressing that but you have all these other you know personal growth topics of physical health finances mental health marriage like all these different other things and so a growth team and we can you know continue to dive into this more but a growth team is basically saying hey i need people that are experts or that are just better than me in those areas that I can go to and talk to and they can help cultivate and help me work this ground, help me work on this subject so that God continue to bring fruit there. Like, yes, I'm staying connected to God, but also I need other people. I need other people to help me in my personal growth. Like I can't just go and read books all the time and just sit Mm -hmm. in my room and think that I'm going to have personal growth. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's not ever going to happen.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and so me and you are not experts. No. We are not experts physically. (laughs) We are (laughs) not experts spiritually. We're not experts financially. Yeah. But we can have a conversation about the importance of spiritual growth and being connected to the source and how that relates to everything. Yeah. So you recently went on a fast. Yeah. Uh, You heard from the Lord. And when you stepped into the role of the young adults, pastor here at Oaks church, you felt like you were called to take a fast like Jesus did before he entered into his public ministry. Yeah. And you and our Dean of OSL, Brian Brooks, you are going to have a future conversation on this podcast about that fast. Yeah. So without going into the, the, those nitty gritty details in context of this conversation, what are some of the things that you maybe learned or, and and some of the struggles you had with this concept of physical growth in this fasting period? Yeah.
1: So one, again, I mean, spiritual and physical things combining, you know, that's what it basically was. And you
0: fasted for how long? Yeah.
1: So I fasted for 18
0: days, 18 days, just water, only water. No. And I remember we were talking like a day or two before you started your fast and you had told me I'll, I'll do liquid. So I'll be able to have like coffee, like juice, whatever, water. Yeah. And then you started and you had like three different types of water bottles, like in your (laughs) office. And I was like, Oh, are you just like trying out water? What, like different water? I don't know. And you're like, no, I'm doing only water. I was like, what? You told me you were doing only liquids. Like that's that's Yeah, hard.
1: I just felt like you could cheat. Like I could go to this smoothie factory and get a huge protein. Oh, yeah, it's not a solid. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a solid. I could mix up tons of food in, into a liquid form and, True. you know, it'd be fine. So I felt like that I would cheat a whole lot. Uh-huh. So I just said, hey, let's just do water. Um, I didn't plan on doing 18 days. I had planned on doing 40. <laughs> yeah, so first off, you just got to know Jesus is a stinking man. I went 18 days, man, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Like, Jesus went 40. He more than doubled Yeah. what I did. Yeah. One of the first things that I learned in the fast is that in Matthew, it talks about how Jesus fasted 40 days, and then it says he was hungry. <laughs> like and we kind of read over that like as just like yeah a, sure. he's hungry yeah he's hungry okay doesn't cool. eat no dude it needs to be changed it's starving <laughs> like he's dying <laughs> like i after after probably five days i was like my body is shutting down you yeah know, i not, remember we would talk yeah.
0: about it and you would tell me
1: you know we i've i've said this a lot fasting without prayer is starving so you yeah. don't need you need to be praying and seeking the lord and there's a whole lot of different other reasons why you fast and We'll continue to have more conversations about that in other podcasts. But one of the things that that was so revealing to me was especially when it comes to this concept of spiritual and physical Mm -hmm. realms combining and how they interact with one another was I would be so miserably like hungry and just miserable. Yeah, you know. And I would wake up in the morning and I'd be, I don't know how I'm going to, uh-huh. like I lit, li- it, it would take so much effort to walk from my bed to the bathroom. Yeah. It it was just hard. Like I can't really describe to you just the, it's not even exhaustion. It's just, you're just weak. Right. And I would go into the bathroom or I'd go into my living room and I would just start praying. I would start praying in the spirit and I could literally feel this physical. Yeah. Substance mm-hmm. start to strengthen my body. I could yeah. literally feel this substance. Yeah, you know? and then I would feel okay, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be thinking about it. I'd go about my day. Yeah, and drink seven bottles of water. Drink, <laughs> and it was more like 10, <laughs> yeah. dude. It was uh, and and go to the bathroom fifty thousand times, <laughs> yeah. man. It was it was crazy, but it was just this idea of just understanding that man, the spiritual side of things definitely affects your physical body. Yes. when you pray. There's definitely a physical side effect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you fast and you are seeking the Lord, yes, there's a physical outward, you know, weakening, but there is definitely an inward strengthening that's happening as yeah. well. You know. And I don't really know how to totally describe it. I'm yeah, not, I'm not like a expert in it, but
0: so I'm thinking about we have had multiple conversations about personal devotions, but more of like our, our routines of what we do in the mornings at night yeah. and you know we we've started doing some stuff at work just like routine wise and routines you know they help us get in in grooves they help us get a rhythm that our bodies function mm-hmm. off of so a routine that both you and I have is we wake up before work mm-hmm. you wake up much earlier than i <laughs> <laughs> uh at is it 5:30 yeah most yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i w- i wake up at 7 which is early for me yeah <laughs> first off that's a that's difficult to do that. Yeah. Just waking up that early because it requires you to go to bed early. Yes. And that's my biggest problem right now is, okay, I'm setting my alarm for 7 a.m., but I'm staying up sometimes till like midnight or one or two. And I'm just like, my body is, when I wake up, I feel terrible. Yeah. And then I am so exhausted sometimes that I start praying in my mind just one. I can't control my mind, you know, because I'm so tired. so. But when I am, you know, going to bed at a reasonable hour, I'm getting yeah. the amount of sleep I do, and I wake up. Sure, I'm tired. It's 7 a.m. That's yeah. early. Uh, but when I start to pray, I have a morning prayer that I say every morning, mm-hmm. and I and I read through some stuff uh, in my Bible, and just and I start praying, and I feel better. Yes, it is. And the thing it's important to know, it's not a like an emotional high yeah which is fine and you may you know that is like often experienced like maybe in a worship service or during emotional time and that is definitely the lord speaking in that way but this is a we're talking about a physical yeah life yes that is being injected into our bodies when we are connected physically yeah to the spiritual source yeah so maybe that is a more concrete tangible way when i pray at a time where my body is weak and tired, yeah, I physically feel yeah. a life given to me. I feel it. Yeah. I feel it in my body. I feel it in my mind. Yeah. All of a sudden, I can focus on the yes. things of the Lord more. My mind doesn't wonder aimlessly. It wonders about the Lord. I, my mind ponders and meditates the higher things of the Lord, His goodness, His, His ways. My mind starts to search Him, and I, and I know Him. Yeah. And I feel this very real physical
1: life that is being
0: returned to me. Hmm.
1: So what I would say to that is, yes, physical and spiritual things are connected. Going kind of back to, you know, a growth team. How does this play into my finances? Yeah. How does this play into the fitness of my health? How does it play into my marriage? Yeah. And that's that's kind of where I was I was talking about earlier, the uh, growth team man like. It's not just about going and getting books and reading it and listening to podcasts uh, from the experts. I think those things are good and yeah. that can help, but if I am connecting to God first or continually staying connected to the source and then I'm connecting to people that are better than those in those areas than I am, it, you know, I have a counselor for my mental health. I have a coach uh, for my finances, I have a counselor for my marriage that i I go to on a on a regular basis that I go to on a monthly basis to engage in to help cultivate this my heart to help cultivate these disciplines that i'm I'm working on so that I can see growth so that I can see fruit the fruit of the spirit, but also see tangible fruit, see mm-hmm. my finances get better you know when Alex and I first got married, we were not. <laughs> fruitful in our finances. I mean, when I say fruitful, I mean, we were broke. Okay. But over time, um, we have learned how through coaching, through connecting, not just to God and getting God's direction for how we needed to steward our finances during that season, what we needed to give during that season, but we were able to connect to someone else that was better than us at Finances, and they were able to help us and cultivate so that God could bring growth, so that God could show us and help us to be better givers, help us to be better stewards, things like that.
0: Yeah. So, Colby, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, because I think it's so important as far as how to live this out. Yeah. It's not just theory. Yeah. Right. This is something we can do mm-hmm. and learn from, because there, there's going to be problems <laughs> yeah. and troubles and failures that happen along the way and we and we will talk more about those as we get to them but what is a growth team what does that look like what is it how does it apply to let's start with physical growth
1: yeah so a growth team is simply a group of people that i can go to on a regular basis to help me in certain areas of my life
0: acknowledging you are not
1: the expert I in ag- all these areas. And acknowledging that I, so I have a spiritual mentor, you mm-hmm. know, I have a financial coach, mentor, I have a physical uh, fitness coach, mentor, um, I have a marriage counselor, I have a, 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 you know, just counselor in general. And these people, all of those people, make up a team that helped me grow in wow. certain areas of my life. So, A lot of times we think, hey, I can go read this book and I can apply it Mm -hmm. and then I'll grow. And that's true. And I've done that and it works very, very well. And I think that's one aspect of growth. But we have to understand that man was not made to be alone. Yeah. And man was not made to do things alone. Mm -hmm. And the more that you interact with people that are better than you and the more that you have people in your life that you can continually refer to, connect to in certain areas that you want to grow in, you're actually going to grow 10 times faster than you would if you were doing it on your own. Yeah. Like if I wanted to do get better in my finances on my own, I could get better. I could go read some books and I would get better. But why not go to somebody who's already learned a ton of lessons and go, hey, man, I know you're kind of an expert in this. And he, they may not be an expert literally, but they may be better than you. The point is, is that I'm continually going to people that I know are better than me in certain areas, physical, mental, financial, those those things, and they help me yeah. get better. They cultivate growth. God makes things grow, but they cultivate that. I think a lot of times our instinct is to protect weakness. Yeah. We want to protect the things that we're weak at and we're vulnerable at, which is natural. I mean, yeah. it's a natural instinct yeah. for us to want to protect things that are important to us, but also areas that are weak. We want to overcompensate yes. for the weakness.
0: And the growth team is the exact opposite. You are inviting others into your weakness and saying, help me with When
1: I am weak, he is strong. Yeah. When I humble myself Mm -hmm. and reveal to other people that I am not (laughs) this, this great and mighty, powerful person, God is there. Jesus showed up in the most humble place Mm -hmm. in a, in a stinking manger. So whenever there's, whenever you humble yourself, that's when Jesus shows up. Yeah. Jesus shows up in humble places and he gives grace Yes, in that time of need. He gives grace to those who humble themselves. And so whenever you just say, Hey, I need help. I know I need help. Even if you are the expert, like Tiger Woods has a coach.
0: He does. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go into the different areas, yeah. how this growth team helps you, uh, you know, you mentioned physical, yeah. financial, mental, how does one go about building, creating this growth team? First off, allowing themselves to be vulnerable with yeah. themselves yeah. and realize, of, of course, I'm not an expert in all these areas. Mm-hmm. But that's a hard realization Yeah, for some people. That was a hard realization yeah. for me.
1: Well, you just got to have a good picture. And the better pictures, mental constructs that we have, illustrations that we have, the easier it is for us to actually do what it is that we're talking about. So the illustration or analogy that I often use is like if you have different plots of farmland and, you know, let's say it's 10 feet by 10 feet, and there's, you know, five of those. But in each plot, I'm growing something different. Mm-hmm. I'm growing corn in one. I'm growing strawberries in another one. I'm growing carrots in one. I'm growing potatoes in another one, right? hmm I can go to each field, each plot of land, and I can go work that ground by myself. And I can go plant that seed, okay? And I can do all of that by myself, okay? hmm Right? That's, there's nothing right. wrong with that. Yeah. And sure, I'll probably see some 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 fruit some fruit from that. But why would I not bring somebody with me yeah. to work that ground? And then going further, why would I not go get an expert or somebody that just grows strawberries mm-hmm. and go, hey, what season do I need to grow this in? Yeah. Hey, what season does corn grow best? And what yeah. techniques do I have? What do there? I need to put in
0: the soil? Yeah. How do I need to
1: do this? How do I need to set it up? Yeah. So many but different even, things. But even if they're not so much far in advance of you, even if they are another hand working the help. ground. Yeah. If I have three or four hands working the ground, it's going to go, I'm going to see a whole lot more fruit. I'm going to be a lot more intentional. Yeah. Uh, people, they're going to help me plant that field and see growth in that way better. They're going to be able to spot things on that ground way better than I can. Yeah.
0: I think about the benefits of simply having more help. Yes, absolutely. I am less tired. Yes. It's easier. Yes. We get it done faster. Yeah. Honestly, it's more fun. (laughs) Yeah. And at the end of the day, we've done it in way less time. And so we have more time to enjoy
1: the fruits of the harvest. Yes. And here's the thing that I've also learned about personal growth when it comes to this picture is that um, getting all these different types of fruit to come is great. But what you just said is actually what I have seen to be the the greatest joy in personal growth. And Mm -hmm. that is... I'm doing it with somebody else. Yeah, I'm actually the the joy is not that I got tons of strawberries. Yes, the joy is, dude, we did this together. I built a relationship with you while we were accomplishing this goal. Yes, it's actually bonding for people to go through suffering together. Yeah, like yeah, it is. It's, if 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 you've ever done like a hard marathon or if you've done like a you know tough mudder race or Spartan race, whenever you go through Those things with other people, you immediately are bonded to them. You know, I was recently having a conversation with a a Vietnam veteran, and he was just talking about how it was so hard for him to come back to the United States, not because the culture was so different, and I mean that was a part of it. the The hardest thing for him is that he had to leave the relationships that he had formed on the battlefield, and there was nothing else like that because he had been through the scariest. Most difficult times of his life with brothers, yeah. with people, and because he was able to go through that with them, there was this bond that was formed. And then he gets back to the United States and, like, with his wife and with his kids, the bo- the bonds not even close to there. Right. He's he's more connected to these brothers because he went through trials and sufferings and saw growth than he is with you know people that are supposed to be close. So it jack it jacks you up. Yeah in my own personal growth journey, I've just realized that the end result, there is no destination. It's more of a journey. It's not about just getting the fruit of it. That's great. It's about forming the relationships and having these people in my life that I can continually go to and add perspective to my life. And then we're going through these things together. They're walking through these things with me and and two, they share different things with me. I mean, and, and I help them with other stuff too. So
0: And it's more than just a cliche saying, it's not about the destination. It's the journey. But it's so true because when you are with someone, you're building that relationship, and you look back and you're like, man, yeah, we did this thing, but look how close we are. We are so close. We're we're brothers. We are sisters. We're family now.
1: And here's a great example of that. Whenever I took a trip to the Grand Canyon Mm -hmm. with my family, we went to the Grand Canyon, and the Grand Canyon. If you've never been there, it's it's pretty yeah. great. I mean, it's really spectacular. But I really don't remember like the the view the view <laughs> yeah. of the Grand Canyon. I mean, yeah, I remember the. Yeah, I mean, I remember the yeah. view of it. But it's more like that's not what I think about whenever I think about that trip. Yeah. I think about how we played video games and gotten in fights in our van that we were taking, <laughs> and how we ate went to gas stations and ate tons of just junk Young food. <laughs> yeah. And how we formed this relationship over that trip. I thought about the road trip. I didn't think about the Grand Canyon. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so I think a, a lot of times we, we get caught up in the destination. i want to be this great leader. I'm going to be this great mm-hmm. man of influence, man or woman of influence. And that's, that's not the, the, the goal. That shouldn't yeah. be the end goal. Yeah, think about it this way. Me driving by myself to the Grand Canyon would be miserable. That'd be so boring. Me driving with my wife. Would be so much fun. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like you don't ever want to get to a place by yourself because then you're just alone and miserable and it's boring and you don't really have anything to do. But with someone else and with a group, a team of people going to other things, man, it's it's powerful. It's life-changing.
0: So how the growth team works is you get other people because you acknowledge you are not the expert. You are not the expert in physical, spiritual, mental, financial growth. You need help. You need others around you and those other people they might not be experts themselves but you trust them to speak into that area of your life you are you allow yourself to be humble and vulnerable with those people and say i need help and through this growth team process you all come out not only better and more accomplished but you come out closer yeah in closer relationship you there is a tighter bond that is yeah. there so Going back to your fast, you had talked to me and a few other people about uh, a struggle you had. And what that was is you would think, in theory, after a fast, part of that spiritual exercise is to um, go without something, typically food or something else that is good, that you enjoy, that is good for you. So typically after a fast, people will end a fast and they come out with the revelation of like, Oh yeah, I, I don't need caffeine. I went without caffeine or whatever. I went without yeah. this my favorite food. Turns out I don't need that. I've broken my need for that. Yeah. So I'm good without it. Yeah. Tell me about your experience.
1: You're laughing good. <laughs> it's so funny. It's it's man, it it's crazy how it was completely opposite. Like yeah. it was it was almost as if like I had been straining the no muscle for so long that I couldn't say no anymore. It so so <laughs> I Went on this fast, said no to every desire of food, literally. Every food. Yeah, and I told you there were times where I would literally look at a Whataburger sign <laughs> and I would taste it. Yeah. And I realized very quickly how much um, advertisement works yeah. and how much food advertisement there is. Like, there's a, mm-hmm. dude, there's so much. And so much. it all looks and so it, good. And when you're starving, it all is incredible. Yeah. Um, but I said no to so many things right after my fast, like my stomach had shrunk. And so I couldn't eat a ton of food. I couldn't just, you know, go back on and eat whatever. Yeah, I didn't just keep saying no to healthy, uh, unhealthy things. I said yes to everything. You went from saying
0: no to everything to saying yes Yes. to everything.
1: It it was a catastrophic (laughs) downfall. (laughs) Like I did not say I did not stay healthy, yeah. I was like, Dude, I had lost some weight, and I was like i I'm, yeah. I'm going. I mm-hmm. just it was bad, so naturally, you would think, you know if I do this physical fast and I say no and I get disciplined that i'm gonna be i'm gonna be good mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't the case right. for me, man, I said. It was, I just went off the deep end and yeah. just said, I'm going to eat everything known to man, mm-hmm. you know? And
0: I mean, I'm sure that food tasted amazing. Oh, it was incredible. And I'm just getting hungry, <laughs> sitting here talking about food and water burger. sounds so yes, good. Yeah, it's,
1: it's really good. Point is, is that assumptions that we think just because we go and do something, you know, mm-hmm. we got it. We have to realize if you go to an extreme and go past limits that you've ever gone before, more than likely you, you might fall back into your natural state, your natural yeah. habit. And and with no restrictions, with nothing at all. So it's it's again having a plan step by step. You don't need to just go crazy. You know, I think a lot of times people, whenever they do an exercise, they're like, dude, I am just going to go crazy with this. I'm going to give it my all and I'm just going to do the hardest workout ever.
0: Yeah, I you know, I'm thinking about the importance of a plan. And that because I know for me personally, I uh, in, in high school, I used to work out a lot. I was in really great shape. I was running cross country. I had wrestled, played basketball. And, and I actually do still enjoy running, which a lot of people just the thought of running, they, they hate it. But I'm a skinny person uh, naturally. And so lifting weights when I was in better shape, it was fun. You know, it was fun to do it with friends whatever. But the hardest thing was was just going. The struggle was I didn't make it a priority. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan it. So my natural tendency was to not do it. Yeah. Because I'm a naturally skinny person, I felt like I had a much further way to go than maybe someone who is just naturally of like a medium build. Yeah. Well, you know?
1: I think too, again, people get a plan. Even if you had a plan, yeah. they, they want to do the hardest plan because they want to be in the best shape the quickest yeah then they do the hardest plan, and it shocks them, and they're exhausted, tired, blown away, and then new they year's. go back, yeah, and then they go back to their normal state, yeah, yeah, it's exactly the new year's problem we were talking about earlier, yeah, and so you have to realize that man when you when you go like my fast was a pure example of that. I shouldn't have done eighteen. I was like, dude, I'd never even done a fast before, I think I'd done one, and it was like three days, yeah, and I went from not doing a fast to, hey, let's do forty days, you know. <laughs> And, and I didn't even make it for it. I went 18, but even 18, dude, it, 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 it made me so exhausted that I couldn't even say no to, to other foods or just continue my health. It, it, I totally got sidetracked by it. So it's important to understand that you got to have a plan. You got to have a coach, but take it small steps first, build up to it. Don't just go to the hardest thing.
0: Well, this has been very helpful. And in the next episode, we are going to tackle the next portion of the growth team and how that can help us improve in the other areas of our life as well. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the OSL podcast.